good, good. I was just rushing around a little bit, but um, yeah, <laughs> no, that's so fine. I did, I did need a little. <laughs> a we little all do. We all do. Yeah, this is a very simple meditation that can be done mm-hmm. anytime. You know, anytime you you detect that there is a little bit of imbalancing going on, come back to it again and rebalance. Come back to it again. So those are techniques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then other things can obviously be. There's a lot to it, obviously, but this is we go step by step slowly. It's more about how well the practice is done rather than how much is done. So it's the quality of it is much more important than the quantity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So let's check on a couple of things. How have things been with you during this past week? Okay. Um, you know, I try to stay more focused and using my breathing if I feel a little mm-hmm. anxiety of some sort. Yes. Passing by. Yes, of course. Uh huh. <laughs> um, trying to zero in on what I want to do at a moment and trying to keep relationships <coughs> even. Yes. Good, you good. Know, how, how successful have you been in doing so? I think... Um, fairly well this week do you are you detecting improvement in that in that interaction with others as we have been uh, or I think so a little bit yeah it, it's gradual it's probably it doesn't happen instantaneously yeah yeah it's slow um you know I feel like it's a little harder because of all the circumstances yes right now you know dealing with my parents and yes uh, being at home all the time and not seeing um, other people you know you do feel a little trapped at home yes uh-huh. and you're not allowed to really do a lot of things that you may like to do yes i, I always like wandering through the stores at a <laughs> at a nice leisurely pace yes, yes you know looking at different ideas um exactly you know i like to dream up my own projects so when i see an idea out in the store it stimulates me and uh, <laughs> right now you run into a store to get what you need and you run out and <clears throat> yes. so it's just different times so I don't know if you'd say it's a little harder to, I don't know if it's a little harder to be doing this right now, or it's really better to be doing this right now. What do you think? I'm not sure. You're not sure about a little, that. A little of both. So let's talk about that. So so what what is hard about it and what's good about it? Describe both sides. Probably it's <laughs> harder because there's... Uh, more entities causing trouble. Yes. So you have to work harder. And I feel like maybe I'm not ready to work harder. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I haven't overcome um, and worked on my energy enough to overcome 
So uh-huh. yeah, it's a little tricky. <laughs> sure, sure. But I'm certainly glad to be sharing with yes. you here and sure. on Wednesday nights. Sure, sure, definitely. Oh, today is tonight is Wednesday. Today, night, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> so Elizabeth Berman will be doing the presentation today. Yes, yes. So, what you're referring to um, right now, it's pretty straightforward to really understand that and, and, and kind of go through it. But before we get to get to that, is there anything else that's going on at this time in your life that is um, uh, more out of balance or something? Because I, I want to go over with you, I want to do a little dialogue with you today on human intelligence. And, and I think this is an interesting way of proceeding further. But before we get to this, is there anything else on your mind that you want to get into? We'll get to that thing about the shopping in just a moment also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few differences between my husband and I. And uh-huh. then we're with each other all yeah. this time. Yes. You know, and... As, as you in all of the literature you've passed on you know you've said to uh, think about things in a more loving way and not let the ego get in the way so I am understanding a lot of that good good so mm-hmm. and, go ahead. I do work on that mm-hmm so remember, um, there is a difference between disagreement and dislike. Remember this mm-hmm. this point? Right, right. So <laughs> when there is disagreement, naturally within our system, because of our individualized ego, we feel that I am right, that person is wrong. The I and the you show up. And that's the problem. The problem is not so much about disagreement. The problem is about the I and the you. These are two different things. Disagreement produces the I versus the you. But it is possible in a more evolved way for disagreement to be there without the I versus the you. In any context, that's the, that's the more evolved spiritual or more enlightened way of dealing with disagreement. Mm-hmm. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? What do you understand from this so far? It's the perspective of the disagreement and not looking at it, you know, in a selfish kind of way. Well, yes, but it's, that's true. That's like That I'm I'm right, I'm right. Right. Of course. (laughs) Let's see if you can separate this out. You have a disagreement with someone. Right. But what happens in the disagreement, you know, when we have a disagreement, there is immediately in the disagreement the I versus the you. 
at some mm-hmm. level at some level that that shows up even Especially if you don't initially yes initially it shows up right away it's there it's like it's right. just there because there's the me versus the you right and because and if there's agreement then the i is satisfied it's like okay i'm so the i is functioning in both agreement and disagreement that's the problem now now i'm going to give you <laughs> a couple of examples about this in some other contexts okay the same thing how it happens <clears throat> If you are working somewhere as you are and you get a paycheck and you get $50 less than what you usually get, you obviously disagree and you don't right. f- immediately if you feel something, you feel like, hmm, this is not right. You know, this is, yeah, yeah. Imme- even, even if it's $5 less, $10, it, even if it, whatever. Right. And so you feel that. Yes. Now, <clears throat> so in some sense, there's a disagreement with, the amount that came, something is wrong, you, but you emotionally feel the bit of disturbance, even if it's slight. Mm-hmm. Now take another example. Let's say you have your family that comes, your son, his girlfriend, or his family, whoever, and they're coming. You have it's been a while since you've seen them. You feel really good about seeing them, you know, and then, and, <clears throat> and you ha- start having a conversation, and. The, Let's say it's a seven-minute conversation, and you just feel you're in such an in synchronicity. You're just like, wow, this is just. You're talking about something that you just are like on the same page, you know, completely. Mm-hmm. And you feel really awesome about it. You feel like, wow, this is so cool. This is so, you know, you naturally the feelings are are very good. So, and then the, and then. Four or five hours later, some other discussion happens. There's a bit of different viewpoints. Again, that same synchronicity is not there anymore. So again, now the me gets in and it kind of, you know, it it has a little, it has to deal with that that difference, and the first, so 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 in both cases, the me is present, it's present to say I am in sync with this other person, this person is in sync with me, that feels great. So there's a me, <clears throat> there's a me there, which is also ego. It doesn't seem like it's not a harmful ego in that sense, but it is a. It is still an ego that is getting what it's wanting that I and you or I am right and and you are there or, you know, we're together. There's a sense of togetherness, there's a sense of oneness. It's not the kind of ego that is one versus the other. It's the ego that says, this is good. This is part of part of me. This is part of what I'm thinking. It's almost like a beneficial, like a growing ego. But there is an ego present there also. It's not an ego-less state. <laughs> it is there. It's yeah. there, but but it's not it's not it's not experienced as a disturbance or something uneasiness. It's experienced very differently. It's experienced like wow, this is this is good. I like it. But there's an I that says I and you agree. We are synced. So so you know there's still the I and the you that kind of moves into the we, and then from there. From there, there's more of the of an uh, it's called egocentric versus egodystonic. That's these are the words actually, uh, technically in in psychology. I don't know if you ever heard that before or not. But uh, but uh, egocentric is where you are. There's a, your ego and its function are in sync with what is going on outside. 
it's a conversation or some event going on and you feel pretty good like listening to music you listen to listen to music <clears throat> but you like very much so it becomes egocentric but if it's something that you don't like very much it becomes egodystonic so these are just write this down if you if you're taking notes egocentric versus egodystonic and let me see if i can find okay. it's an interesting distinction actually so um, if you're having this good conversation and you both agree yes that's egocentric so now later on uh-huh things change yep that becomes egodystonic <laughs> yes exactly let me see if i can find a quick video on this i'm sure there's something here okay so it's actually here uh yeah all right so there's a lot of different ways of thinking about this let me just see something here yeah i'll look it up actually one moment here but what it really refers to is the me that is getting what it wants it's it's a, it's it's always there the me is always there now there is a state of evolution beyond both of these egocentric and egodystonic that is not really talked about in psychology it's more in more in spirituality and more in higher realization there's a stage beyond both of these but before we talk about that is this clear to you what is meant by the syn- the synchronous state the egocentric versus egodystonic and let me see if i can i'm just trying to my computer gets a little slow here sometimes but um does it does it make sense to you yeah the statements make sense <laughs> <laughs> all right but now to apply it a little more so yes <clears throat> okay so hold on one second here let's do this all right So I'm as you were going to explain Yeah 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 hold on when the conversation went to a disagreement Yes yeah, so so, so let, let me just do a screen share here with you so this is just you can find this egocentric and egodystonic in psychoanalysis egocentric refers to the behaviors values and feelings that are in harmony with or acceptance to the needs and goals of the ego or consistent with one's ideal self image so this is a more correct definition and uh, And by the way, you know all of these Wikipedia articles, they have references in them. So they so so these things are cross-checked and it's possible to actually cross-check them so they are accurate. Uh, 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 so uh, nothing on here is without the proper reference. Everything has a reference in there. So this is correct. Okay, so in psychoanalysis, egocentric refers to behaviors, values and feelings that are in harmony with or acceptable to the needs and goals of the ego. See the our ego has needs, it has certain goals, and we also have a self-image. So so behaviors, our own behaviors, other people's behaviors, other people's values, other people's feelings, they are in harmony with or they're acceptable to to the ego's needs and demands and self-image. Right. right? This is clear, right? right? Now look right. at now, now look right. at ego dystonic. Ego dystonic is the opposite referring to thoughts and behaviors whatever they may be dreams compulsions desires that that are in conflict or dissonant with the needs and goals of the ego 
or further in conflict with the person's self, the person's ideal self-image. <clears throat> in, in ego-dystonic states, there is conflict. <clears throat> okay, in ego-syntonic states, it, it is inconsistent with, with, with one's self-image, one's ego. Mm. So this is a distinction. Now, now, again, this whole article talks about you know treatment and all. There's a there's a lot of different ways of kind of looking at at all this thing. We won't go into all that right now, but the point I want to make is that is that <clears throat> there is a stage of evolution beyond both of these. Okay, that is what we can call enlightenment. Because human beings again swing between both of these. Ego dystonic, ego syntonic, ego dystonic, just like so many other things, you know, pleasure and pain, happiness and distress. It's all based on that, you know, uh, gain and loss, praise and blame. These are all the dualities of life. And we are constantly swinging among these, actually, among all of these pairs of opposites. Right. So you can, if you're taking notes, just write down pairs of opposites. So, and our in evolution into enlightened state fundamentally means transcending the pairs of opposites. Transcending the pairs of opposites. Yeah. Yes, they're always together. Someone who is, well, take the addiction example, someone who is in recovery from an addiction, they wind up relapsing after some time. You know, so so they swing back and forth between relapse mm-hmm. and recovery, relapse and recovery. Uh, it happens in relationships with with people like you like you mentioned with your husband. You know, a relationship is good, everything is fine, but sometimes here and there you kind of feel a little bit of you know, why is he saying this? Why is it? There's a little bit of this me versus the you, even if it's slight. It's still so there's still that that present. So as long as that's there, that means there's still the swinging going on. Even if it's minor, or it could be much more serious. Like, yeah, here's a, another example: people who are uh, very much in love with each other, and then they get married, or they are having a serious relationship, and they profess their undying love for the rest of their life, and you know, uh, a month later they get divorced. Right? Mm-hmm. They just can't stand each other right? because whatever the reasons may be. That's another mm-hmm. example of swinging extreme. That's an extreme swing. On the one hand, there was so much attraction and all of this was going on. And then, and then just after a short period of time, it just, it just goes completely on the other side. So that's another swing, you see. Our health swings also like this. So some, there are times when we have felt very sick. Maybe we're vomiting or I don't know, whatever the sickness might be because of imbalances. And there's times when the health body is very healthy. That also swings back and forth. Right? So... The, the po- polar aspect, meaning the dualities, are all around us. They're all around us and they're within us. They're there. They're, they're not something which we can just discard. But what we can do is to rise above them by pulling, but by having all our energies in sync. That is, that is in my opinion, and after 30 years, 30 plus years of study, this is the one conclusion that I have extracted from tremendous amount of study, is to bring it all together into energy, that you put all your energy together and keep it as a whole power, never to, di- to 
pull it in different directions unnecessarily that damage that whole state it, then what happens you are going to have you're going to create a possibility of moving out of the dualities it's an evolution out of the polar and dual states that our mind is always in mm -hmm. sure I, I do understand that right mm -hmm. from a biblical point of view there is the the forbidden tree Genesis that says the forbidden tree had the fruit and what was the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil this is just my interpretation on it you know because that's where the duality begins what is good what is bad what is right what is wrong what is this what is that all of the duality is there whatever god may be is non-dual is one without a second but the dualities that we experience in life we are caught in them and we're caught again and again, again and again, again and again. What do you say about this so far? Very true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very true, right? Absolutely. Every day, you know, all the experiences you have in a day. So the next question, if this is clear with both of us in our, in our, in our exploration, I want to show you that slide that I was looking at before. Hold on here. Let's see. Okay, one moment here. So, if you take a look at this, it'll show up on your screen in just a moment. It's there. What is the relationship between human intelligence and the interconnected structure of thought, thoughts, emotions, memories, desires, and core energy? This is the basic question so for us to move beyond the polarities beyond the dualities first of all why should anybody even do that why should anybody even want that <laughs> <laughs> i mean why not just keep life as it is just as it just the normal frame of things that that goes on right why, why should there even be any any demand or desire or wish to to move above that and then what's that's one question the other one is what's the state of experience when one moves beyond it see see, see so there are two questions there okay well, and any thoughts you might have would, yeah well it would be a better thing for the human race if we could all practice this <clears throat> even halfway yes uh, you know, people just seem to practice this and think this, um, being considerate, trying to live in harmony. Yes. All, um, all of those things would naturally world, happen. The world could be a better place if everyone thought this way. And I think you've said that before too. Yes, and, and so if we are able to do it for ourselves, right. that is more than enough. Then, then, the, then, from from our point of view, we can perceive the disturbances of the world without getting stuck in them. Yes. You know. So. And, and be a light. And, uh, yes, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a light of enlightenment. It's a light that will 
light other lamps, essentially, <laughs> that want to be lit. If, and those who don't want to be lit, they remain in, in, the, in the swinging back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about this from an from a Eastern metaphysical point of view? That swinging back and forth is described as reincarnation. That a person keeps getting reincarnated again and again because of all of the attachments and distractions and distortions and problems. And they just keep getting reincarnated. This is what the theory of reincarnation states, by the way. We don't know if that's true or not. We don't have to worry about that. But what we can say this we can say this much that in our present life right now, we are able to recognize something like ego dystonic versus ego syntonic. We can see the see the changes of this. There is something like an ego that is the me, and to break out of that, to move above that, is a whole different level. It's like a dimensional jump further. You know, so now the question I had also posed, what is it that actually is experienced in that jump forward? I mean, what is the, you know, why should anybody want that? Is there any benefit in that? What's the experience of that? The statement I would make about it, the way I would answer this question, is that in such a state, there is phenomenal, undisturbed clarity. It is clarity beyond the ego dystonic syntonic states. Even those those states don't really have that much. They have some level of clarity to some extent, but there's not much. There's not a whole lot in there, you know, because it's all based on based on the me. Uh, it, but if we go beyond that, we can perceive the me. You know, perceiving and recognizing the nature of the me is awakened intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right. So, practically. When you are with your daughter, or you're with your husband, or you're with whoever, and you recognize, you recognize, or I recognize, there is an ego process going on here. The me is active because it wants something. Either it wants agreement from somebody, or it wants an experience of some kind, or it wants something from somebody, or some situation. And if it doesn't get it, it's going to be pretty upset about it. It's not, it's not going to be happy about it. And then it will, you can feel the energy change because, uh, because it moves from egocentric to dystonic. Even if there is the slightest ego dystonic state, there is a movement of internal energy. You can experience it. You can feel it. You know, immediately because you, you're, you're not in that, in that sync state. And if it's completely egocentric, you kind of feel really good. You feel pretty good. So, okay. If, if, but there are factors or situations that disturb the egocentric state. So, one way to approach the question of moving beyond is that if one is in egocentric state, that's fine. But to recognize that the ego is still present there and to recognize that it can that it is it is feeling good because of the of the synchronicity through the ego that is experienced that's why it, it is not actually the undifferentiated joy that we're talking about something that is transcendental that is beyond the ego function so the bridge into the higher consciousness is energy complete conversions of energy that is not funneled by the ego whether it is syntonic or dystonic 
it remains so whole so that the so the, what does the energy do it awakens one's intelligence okay so the awakening of the intelligence is is where if you look at this diagram on the screen all of these thought emotion memory desire energy they are completely in sync that's what the black arrow represents there the, the energy is just flowing without any resistance within and when that happens intelligence erupts so intelligence human intelligence mental quality that consists of the ability to learn from experience adapt to new situations understand and handle abstract concepts and use knowledge to manipulate one's environment so you know we have some of this already but there is a much broader intelligence that greater intelligence that opens up once we are no longer caught in the limited function of the ego so what how is this to be described how does this happen yeah. again recognizing energy dissipation in ego dystonic states we need to stop that first when there's ego dystonic states we stop the energy going into that state and and bring it somehow back into the ego syntonic because you still have to deal deal with the ego you just cannot get rid of the ego it just is going to be there so even if there's disagreements problems whatever it is mindfully craftfully reconnect the power within and be okay with what's going on internally the meaning okay with your power you're not changing the the internal power even if it's in, in then and then you come into an ego syntonic state with yourself if you're not in ego syntonic state with yourself then that's a problem then then there's a that that's where the real trouble begins does this make any sense to you i, I, I don't know. You never know what you're going to wind up to listening to when you get <laughs> log on to oh, all. I know, I know. It, it's coming, it's coming. It, it, it makes sense. Okay, so let me give you an example. Let's just say you go to a restaurant, right? You and I go to a restaurant. We're, we yes. go to, I don't know, just take something like Pizza Hut or something. Just an ordinary restaurant. You know, you go there. We order a veggie lover's pizza. You order a Super Supreme, like a personal pan pizza. Yours is made just the way you want it. mine is not made properly it's kind of not cooked properly there's a problem with it as soon as i take a bite out of it i say oh this is this is not right this isn't and again that's a natural experience so mm-hmm. i so i so i tell the hostess or host you know the 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 waiter or waitress mm-hmm. that look there's a problem this is not cooked properly you know so they take it back now i could i i detect that some there's a problem there and detect something is not right i detect that that's natural but am i disturbed because of that am i am i in an ego syntonic or dystonic state well to some extent i'm going to be in an ego dystonic state for a little while but this this is not what i want but i can move out of that and not remain in that state and say it's all right that's all right let, let that go let that go and 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 not persevere with that and immediately come back and synchronize with yourself bring back bring back the energy that went into ego dystonic into ego syntonic with yourself so you're acknowledging a problem yes but you're not letting yourself get all 
nuts about it. Very much so. Very much so. And this is what what the the problem with the ego dystonic state is just that when there is a difficulty, problem, something we don't like, it becomes very strong. Right. You know, it, and it becomes strong to get to what it wants. So they might say you might become angry. You know, in more severe cases, somebody might become really angry with the with the waiter or waitress. Somebody might even in more severe cases take the dish and throw it, as sometimes kids do, or or or. In a very subtle way, if it's not so outward, so so externally shown, internally a person doesn't want to show their dissatisfaction, but they have it. But they're kind of you know saying using very nice words and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you please make this again? This is not. Right. But internally, they're they don't want to show the show the the uh, agitation because it's not morally acceptable to kind of show the agitation. That that's or like to, to show the agitation would create more harm to yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. And also if you're sitting in a group or something, you know, you don't want to be perceived as a person who's getting upset over something small. You know, so so a lot of it also has to do with the ego trying to protect itself in many different ways. Mm -hmm. It's not just a question of it trying to, um, uh, you know, just protect, uh, um, how can I say the ego has many different ways that it tries to maintain itself. All that all I'm referring to is that once that slightest dystonic state, slightest agitation, movement of energy is detected, you pull it back, do the breathing technique, change the mindset, and and come back to an even even keel again. So that so that the energy that was going into the ego dystonic, the ego syntonic means it's okay, leave it alone come back again because and see that happens when you are realizing not to disturb your inner power that in this other way mm-hmm. so this practice is to be done again and again again and again in every situation as much as possible and eventually the energies will all become whole again that's where meditation and and you know uh, contemplation dialogues religious work uh, going in nature just doing different things to keep that state alive is the key. Otherwise, one can go, one can sabotage it or just, you know, keep revolving. So, the evolution beyond happens when all of the personal power moves out of the egocentric state and is given over or connected with higher power, higher dimension, higher reality, God. The, the vision is broad. So, for example, take the pizza example. I order a personal pan pizza, and if I feel a little bit of agitation like that, then I try to do the practice I just showed you. But if my vision is broadening, I I can see so much. I can say, oh, maybe the cook was frustrated. Look at the you know the difficulty somebody may be having in their life. Maybe they're hastily doing it. Maybe they're not paying attention as much. They're doing repetitive activity. They get kind of tired. You become aware of so much more that is behind the one experience. You see? Uh, yeah. might, might also say that, oh, I'm also aware of my own internal mechanism in this. You know, and, and then you're also seeing the chain of events that are present. You, you see a much bigger phenomena going on. You see all the, the 20 to 25 different kinds of uh, uh, suppliers came into that, that pizza shop to pr- give them 
you know, all the ingredients that they need to make the pizza. There's a huge chain there. This is just a link in the chain. And then there's an experience that I'm having. And then why am I, and then I, I said, this is just, the, that experience is like the wave on the ocean. This is the broader idea. You know, so, so if the mind is evolved further, all of life experiences are like the wave on the ocean. They're just waves on the ocean. Some of them are, the, the, the experience meaning what? Whether it's a negative or positive experience, it has a certain certain height and fall comes back down. Certain height comes back down. So we are experiencing reality as waves on the ocean. Now, see now, now what we've done, we've taken a dimensional jump into the broader vision, into the much, much, much expansive vision of reality. Just from one incident, it's not even an analysis. You can see it. You can see clearly all of this. And then you and so you remember it's just, you you remember it's just a wave on the ocean. All right, but I'm the ocean. I'm not that limited wave. See, that's a dimensional jump, massive <laughs> jump from ego syntonic into this. I am the ocean. <laughs> it's massive, a massive jump. Mm-hmm. But that's that is the that is the path towards realization. That is what realization is all about. Realization of the of the vastness of reality, and not to be caught in the limitations of experience. All experiences are limited. All of them are. Even we have nighttime. We have dreams. They come and go. We have different people in our life. They come and go. We have different foods we eat. They come and go. What doesn't come and go? Everything comes and goes. Even our body itself will come and go. That's the reincarnation theory again. But at least we know that it will go. We don't know what will happen afterwards. That's a different matter. But when it came, it was born here, it will go one day. It's a wave on the ocean. Even the existence of the body is a wave on the ocean. What is the ocean? That is reality, consciousness, God's thought. Call You can call anything you want. You know, millions of species are born, millions go. They are they are here for some time, then they go. You know, there's a creative process, sustenance and destruction. Creation, sustenance, destruction, destruction. It just keeps going on like that. And this is symbolized in, like in the Hindu tradition. There, you know, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. There's different symbols of this thing, different ways that this is all described. In and in Christianity, there is the same thing is described using different language. That God is the Alpha and the Omega. You know, everything else is the existence in, in between. You know, when Moses went on the mountain, he said, Who, how, what is thy name? He said, I am that I am. I am existence. I am all eternally present. From the beginning to the end, there is no beginning end. God is beyond time. You see, so, so that's all transcendental realization. That comes even, you know, I mean, as we evolve into this broader intelligence and we can see all these interconnections we remain very very energetically stable very much nothing can shake us then nothing not not as anything even if there even if even if massive problems happen globally you do not shake from within because you recognize it as a wave on the ocean and it will change. And if you look at study history, you see that so many wars, so many problems, so many people have come and gone, so much technological development. People have put so much energy, effort to bring us to this point. They they're all gone, 
you know, right now we have 7.5 billion people on the planet. So 150 years before this point, you know, billions of people have come. Not to mention all the other species, they're all gone. We're all going to go within 120 years. It's not that much time. We'll all be gone from here. Yeah, I do think about that. Isn't it true? So, so, the so now if you take, if, if you can see that the big uh, the uh, creation, sustenance, and and destruction is constantly going on at all levels of reality. Hmm. Now you can see how we started. You started with one basic question about your husband <laughs> and and something small you started. But that's something small. Look at where it led us. Yeah, yeah. So this is the glory of, of living enlightenment, the living liberation. Living liberation is what? Our same activity continues, but we are continuing the activity with such a phenomenal opening, we don't get caught in anything that is going to bind us. The binding does, is not going to happen anymore. This is the point. Binding doesn't happen. Now how much, you know, I've, I think I told you I picked up, um, someone had given me an Advent, a daily Advent um, little book to read. And there's something, daily, daily readings. And, um, you know, I see some correlations with what we've been doing. Yes. And then I've, I don't know, how much does religion, religion can tie in or it doesn't have to tie in with what we're doing? It, it, it can completely tie in if you are religious, if that's what you want, if you, if you want to explore. And it can completely be disconnected from it if, if one is not interested in religion. It, it ties in, there is a total tie-in with religion and meditation and philosophy. and med- There's a total tie-in, but if, it depends on one's interest and one's, uh, it, it, it depends on, on your level of inquisitiveness about the further evolution. You know, someone could basically use a more materialistic, empiricist approach and say, we just want to understand Darwinian evolution, materialism much more, and awaken intelligence in that way. You can do it that way. Someone else might say, no, I really want to understand the mysteries of what is God, what is meant by it, what the religions say. From a study point, they can go in that direction. Someone might say, no, I'm just not interested in all those things. I just want to really do the best I can for my family and keep my attention on my family, extended family, and not bother with anything else. They can do that. It's to each his own. It's, you know, personal excellence is one's own decision. Where that passion is, where, where one wants to evolve, in what direction one wants to evolve. Meditation is a tool. It can be religious, it can be non-religious. It's a tool, it's like, a med- it's like medicine. Medicine is just, a, it's a pro- it's, you take something, you, you take a pill, it changes some of the reactions, it makes, gives you a certain experience. Meditation mm-hmm. is, these are just processes, ways of trying to reset oneself. It mm-hmm. can be religious if you want it to be, it doesn't have to be. It can just be a way of calming and stilling the mind and balancing the body. I mean, even like regular exercise, it could be religious. You could say, I'm doing the exercise to please God. I'm doing it, I'm using, treating my body as a temple. And all. 
you go to Planet Fitness and think of it as a church. It's not going to say church on there, but you could mentally be in a in that frame of mind and listening to scriptures and and you could just be absorbed in a, in a church like environment, and that becomes a church for you or a temple for you or whatever synagogue or whatever, you know. And or or someone might be uh, not at all religious, not at all meditative, but they're doing the same exercises, but now their their thoughts are much more towards some uh, particular. Uh, study of some sort or, or, or maybe they're thinking about some project that they're doing at work or whatever. You know, it, it depends on where one wants to be absorbed. We can choose where we want to be absorbed. It's our choice. It's an absorbed, you know, people who are addicted, again, to drugs, alcohol, uh, and, and other kinds of addictions, if they, are, if they are thinking about that, they could be thinking about for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It's called contemplation, pre-contemplation, stages of change is there. Before relapses occur, they start thinking about it, dreaming about it, fantasizing about it. And then that whole cycle starts all over. You know, so, so it is very interesting what the mind is trying to do. It is trying to get to, well, it, it's different in each context, but to be aware of what the mind is doing, how, how the ego works what the ego is, what kind of evolution one wants to see ahead, all of that is one's personal, one's direct conversation with oneself. Mm -hmm. And then with others also it's there, but that only helps you to have the conversation with you. And it's your own power that you're going to masterfully use. It's not, you know, now you can say, you can say, one could say that is God's power. That God has given us. That's a way of looking at it. Uh, beautiful. Nothing wrong. It's very nice. One could say it's just the cosmic power or just uh, material power. Where, however, however one may look at it, it's with you. And we know that it's with us. It's like a bank account. It's like that bank account analogy which, I, which we talked about before. You know, it's our reservoir analogy. You have a reservoir of fresh water in lake, of, you have a massive lake of fresh water and you can drink out of that but you don't want to pollute it you don't want to throw acid and potassium cyanide pills in there and stuff like that you know it kind of becomes undrinkable that's the problem that we are doing with our with our internal energy we're throwing poison in, into it humanity humanity's main problem this is Sachin's perspective here that Humanity's main problem is that the human mind, through its ignorance of, it, of what it is and how it works, it's literally poisoning itself again and again and again. That is why we have all these prison systems, we have all the racism, and we have hatred, and we have hate crimes, and we have, you know, the horrors that are there in this world. Poverty. All of this thing is what? Addictions. This is all poison only. And, and, and humanity has masterfully learn how to poison itself. Master, we are, humanity has mastered it. Everybody has a PhD in that. In poisoning. You know, PhD, poisoning humanity deliberately. I just made that up, but there you go. <laughs> you know, and that's the tragedy. No, I'm not saying everybody's doing that all the time. But when that happens, it, look at the damage. You see the fresh lake analogy. You have a beautiful fresh pond, let's say. Beautiful, pristine water. 
that you can drink in, you can, you can just bathe with if you want, take it out and do different things, you know. It's so pristine, clear, very pure, pure. And people start throwing, you know, potassium cyanide drops inside there. What are you going to do with that? So you can't do anything now. Now it's a disastrous thing. Or they contaminate it with mud and dirt, and if they don't poison it, they contaminate it. This is what we have done. It's the, we're contaminating our energy inside. And when we realize not to contaminate this, this life is something tremendous. I mean, you know, one can go in any direction. There's no limitation, really. You only get one chance to do it. And every day is a new opportunity to learn, to grow, to evolve further and further and further. And, and, and we also recognize that our mental desires, our thought patterns, these things, they move in cycles. You know, so and the cyclical nature of, of what is happening within needs to be recognized. Um, we have different enjoyments. Let's just take the food example. We enjoy different kinds of food. And then if we haven't had that for a while, we want to have something different later on, or we, it comes back again. So there are cycles that are beneficial, and there are cycles that are harmful. You know, so yeah. we cannot escape the f escape those cycles of nature, or the physical cycles of the body. We we have the body that is going through different cycles: urination, defecation, eating, seeing, drinking, waking, dreaming, sleeping. We're just going through all these cycles day in and day out. The whole body goes through these cycles. But can it go through it so that our consciousness can evolve further? That's the question. Rather than simply going through it, just like animals do. They also go through it, they, they're gone one day. I don't know. I mean, they have to go through, they, maybe they evolve after they go through their life, whatever it is, and they evolve further. But we as human beings have a bigger brain. We are able to actually enhance power within the brain to allow it to reach full potentiality and if we can if we can do that if we know how to do it then we are completely living a, a an enlightened very very evolved life if we want that I don't know what thoughts you have about any of this well, or any I comments? Agree, or I, I agree for sure, but um, I I want to read a little more. I have some pamphlets that I've had for a while. Yeah. Haven't really picked up too much, but I'm starting to pick them up. Um, about faith. Good. And, Good. And again, it correlates to, you know. Believing in yourself and yes, yes, how to live your life and and it just ties all in. See, and, and we will talk about. We haven't really gotten into religion as much, but if you want to go into it, we'll go into it. I think you'll find it very fascinating. I have a lot of stuff on that also, <laughs> believe it or not. You know, and I'll put it to you this way: faith is not blind faith. You know, what we mean by faith is not a, like a blind state. It is faith with eyes open. Mm -hmm. 
that's different from just following something that people have said in society or culture just and you're just shutting off your your internal vision it's not like that this is such as perspective of faith is different it's not just following something some pattern that somebody has set up in any religion any denomination or anything it's more than that you can go into different denominations and study but with your eyes open and then when faith actually develops it's with uh, with so much clarity where intelligence has awakened and from intelligence faith comes faith is the continuation of reason not the uh diversion around reason you write that down it's very interesting faith is the continuation of reason not the bypassing of reason if you bypass reason you're going to wind up really in a state where whatever you're calling faith is is going to have doubt within it it's always going to have some doubt because you've bypassed reason you haven't gone through through the 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 churning process of reason once a person goes through the churning process of reason and then something special happens where faith is born that is a, that is not the result of reason that is not the result of intellectual contemplation it is the it is the perception of the limitation of the intellect and that's where faith comes about and then but it's based on thorough 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 contemplation as much as possible of the of the uh, religious texts and on that basis a conviction develops that there is god that that conviction could be an intellectual conviction but that intellectual conviction is still not faith faith is still beyond that i could be convinced that there is god but that's still faith is faith is where where one gives up the intellectual pursuit by coming to the culmination of the pursuit you've come to the end of the intellectual pursuit and you say the intellect cannot go further i'm i'm letting it go i'm and and in that and in that state prayer happens based on one's tradition or one's you know that's where belief is formed belief is formed that way faith is formed that way belief is if you start with prefixed beliefs then then you get caught up in something called question begging in philosophy you're just justifying those prefixed beliefs through reason and you can get caught caught mm-hmm. up inside that loop without mm-hmm. actual actual um um how can we say you know without a genuine openness yeah if you just yes. if you get if you get caught up in that it's called question begging it is a more technical term in philosophy they start with conclusions and then you find everything you can to justify those conclusions so for example if i say that i believe in god that that, that there's god there's just there is there is that that's it and now i'm going to try to find from every religion every scripture every way to justify that and then and then i come to the conclusion that there is god 
That is called question begging. So that is in in logic and in different systems of philosophy, that is pretty much frowned upon to do something like that. Because you're not really evolving. You're not starting with openness. And if you say, I don't know if there's God or not, let me really examine every position. And then, and then from there, can I intellectually be convinced that there is God? But if you, there's people who are not, there's people like you know Daniel Dennett and Richard Dawkins and these people, Sam Harris, uh, and there's one other person, uh, Christopher Hitchens. These four are total atheists, and they're like the leaders of the atheist movement. Intellectuals, they're all philosophers. And if you read through their, their works, the, the, you might be convinced that there's nothing like God, completely. You know, and if you read through a lot of the theistic writings and all that, you may be convinced that there is God. But both are just intellectual convictions. That both of them haven't realized anything beyond the intellect. They're just in, within the realm of the intellect, debating back and forth, analyzing. But faith, is, faith in, from Sachin's point of view, is a continuation of reason, where reason is come to a culmination, and there is a new perception that opens up into... into in, it's, it's not intellectual, it's, and it's not even just emotional, it's, uh, it is a dimension of belief, you know, where, where there is a full conviction intellectually, and with that conviction, belief is formed, and from that belief, prayer and meditation, and what we call sadhana in the Sanskrit language, means spiritual practice, or practices are done to please God. To, to connect with God, to ask for God's grace, or they are done to open up the awakening from within. Depends on how you look at all that higher stuff. That's pretty amazing. There's a lot to it. Isn't it something? <laughs> See, children that are brought up in different families, religious families, they're taken to church or mosque or synagogue. They're conditioned by that. You know, now they may drop the conditioning, they may evolve beyond it, but they have some kind of conditioning and, and they need that also. See, one cannot look beyond the fa families and society's conditioning without the conditioning. How is one to transcend or move beyond one's conditioning, the upbringing and culture and tradition? How does one move beyond that without having the conditioning in, to begin with. Yeah, the, you would need some basis. You have to have some basis of human culture, yes, to actually, you're not rejecting that necessarily, but it's like, right. it, it, it's, it's upon that that can you find something new. Similarly, the intellectual pursuits of religion, philosophy, and of these things provide a certain base so that one can look beyond it. We'll not be able to look beyond what is the intellect and actually have faith until we come to that stage. You know, faith is really looking beyond the intellect. It's not an activity of the intellect, it's looking beyond the intellect. And that and then, then then you can wind up into religious ideas, ideologies, theologies, meditative practices, yogic practices mysticism you wind up in that entire realm when when the intellect is no longer seen as anything that can actually go further it's gone to its maximum range mm -hmm. 
And if you look at the great philosophers of the world, the, you, you know, whether it's Jean-Paul Sartre or, or whether it's um, uh, you know, Immanuel Kant, uh, these people have taken the intellect to an extreme level. They spent 10, 15 years, 20 years writing phenomenal pieces of philosophical literature. Every line is filled with this unbelievable, you know, it, it, it's, it's, like, it's like they've tapped into some greater power, but they're, just on, they're sitting on the border. If you, if you read Critique of Pure Reason, you know, it's a very difficult, hundreds and hundreds of dissertations have been done on that book of Immanuel Kant, hundreds, maybe thousands. One of the greatest pieces of philosophical literature ever written. One might go mad trying to understand it. That's how crazy it is. But it is so extraordinary. My belief is that Immanuel Kant tapped into an extraordinary dimension, just, just to, he just tapped into it. And from there, this great mass expanse of intellectual power came about. Uh, like a priori knowledge, a posteriori knowledge. The ideas are so phenomenal, even starting from Plato and all that. And once you begin to think about these things, eventually you have your own vision. And from that, because I think the study of psychology and philosophy, if it can be a foundation for faith. Now, those who don't want to go into all that, they, well, I mean, you might be wondering, what if someone just says, you know, I just believe that there's God. And I'm worried about this uh, intellectual stuff and study and intellect. This is too complicated. I just believe that there's God. Well, okay, well, if you believe, if you believe there's God, now what? What's next? You know, I mean, what happens with that? Is, is it, does it mean that you are an evolved being something has really transformed from within or is it just a belief that it's just there but doesn't have any real depth yeah, yeah it has to have meaning it has to have meaning but it also has to have depth that is transformative otherwise it's just uh yeah i can say i believe in in god or i believe in this or i believe in that but i mean does it is it having any actual impact on my day-to-day life or am i just a usual ordinary human being going through all the cycles that we were just talking about and then dying one day? Or, or am I evolving day to day further? Or is there an evolution further? Maybe that's grace-based. Maybe some people believe performance-based. Some like Buddhism and all the Eightfold Path. There are so many ways of looking at all that. But is there a further a progression? That's the only question. Yeah, and, and I think... See the see the journey you and I have taken up to this point. You know, we can see that our conversations are getting, you know, they're getting more and more profound as as it kind of goes on. I'm talking a little more. Which which is, <laughs> but how do you feel about what what is being presented here? What are your thoughts of it? Does this make any? Does it... Oh, I always feel good about it. Yes. Um. You know, it's like pointing me in a good direction. Yes, yes. You know? Exactly. All right, so we'll pick it up next time. So between now and next week, um, see if you are able to um, go further in the actual application of just keeping your in all your energies in sync. Think about the ego dystonic versus ego syntonic. Really go go into that and try to apply the the method that I showed you. Yeah. You know that uh, that you 
come back to egocentric with yourself that if you if a person does that that's enough actually that's more than enough then worry about other things later on you know think about the higher stuff later on that mm-hmm. also comes then that becomes you know then you can go into that mm-hmm. if you want but do this first this is the main thing okay sounds good sounds good okay i'll see you next time ma'am okay Okay, we'll shoot for Monday. Shoot for Monday, yeah, uh, Monday next week. It should be fine. All right. Sorry about the changes. There were just some changes to my schedule and stuff. So that's that's also, yeah. No, that's okay. That's well, you know, I had the issue Monday. Right. That's no problem. All right. Okay. Good. See you. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.